The Serpent's Shadow. Chapter 14. Fun with Split Personalities. An excellent time to call on Isis? Perhaps. But even if Isis had answered, I doubted I could summon any magic faster than Neith could shoot. And on the off chance I actually defeated the Huntress, I had the feeling Neith would consider it cheating if I used another goddess's power against her. She'd probably decide I was part of the Russian zombie tax collector conspiracy. As mad as I was, as mad as Neith was, we needed her help. She'd be much more useful shooting arrows at Apophis than sitting in her bunker making jackets out of our pockets and knotted twine. My mind raced. How to win over a hunter? I didn't know much about hunters, except for old Major McNeil, Gramps' friend from the pensioner's home. He used to tell stories constantly about... Ah. It's a shame, really, I blurted out. Neith hesitated as I'd hoped she would. What is it? She asked. Six edible parts of a palm tree. I laughed. It's seven, actually. Neath frowned. Impossible. Oh, yes? I raised my eyebrows. Have you ever lived off the land in Covent Garden? Have you ever trekked through the wilds of Camden Lock and lived to tell about it? Neath's bow dipped ever so slightly. I do not know those places. I thought not, I said triumphantly. Oh, the stories we could have shared, Neath. The tips for survival. Once, I went for a whole week on nothing but stale biscuits and the juice of the rabina. Is that a plant? Neath asked. With every nutrient you need for survival... I said, and if you know where to buy them, I mean harvest it. I lifted my wand, hoping she would see this as a dramatic move, not a threat. Why, once in my bunker at Charing Cross Station, I stalked the deadly prey known as jelly babies. Neat's eyes widened. They are dangerous? Horrible, I agreed. Oh, they seem small, alone, but they always appear in great numbers. Sticky, fattening, quite deadly. There I was, alone with only two quid and a tube pass, beset by jelly babies when... Ah, but never mind. When the jelly babies come for you, you'll find out on your own. She lowered her bow. Tell me. I must know how to hunt jelly babies. I looked at Walt gravely. How many months have I trained you, Walt? Seven, he said. Almost eight. And have I ever deemed you worthy of hunting jelly babies with me? Uh, no. There you have it. I knelt and began tracing on the rampart floor with my wand. Even Walt is not ready for such knowledge. I could draw for you here a picture of the dreaded jelly baby, or even, cuts forbid, the Jacob's Digestive Cream. But that knowledge might destroy a lesser hunter. I am the goddess of hunting. Neath inched closer, staring in awe at the glowing markings, apparently not realizing I was making protective hieroglyphs. I must know, 
Well, I glanced at the horizon. First, you must understand the importance of timing. Yes, Neat said eagerly. Tell me of this. For instance, I tapped the hieroglyphs and activated my spell. It's sunset. We're still alive. We win. Neat's expression hardened. Trickery. She lunged at me, but the protective glyphs flared, pushing back the goddess. She raised her bow and shot her arrows. What happened next was surprising on many levels. First, the arrow must have been heavily enchanted because they sailed right through my defenses. Second, Walt lunged forward with impossible speed, faster than I could scream, which I did. Walt snatched the arrows out of the air. They crumbled to gray dust, scattering in the wind. Neath stepped back in horror. It's you. This is unfair. We won, Walt said. Honor your agreement. A look passed between them that I didn't quite understand. Some sort of contest of wills. Neath hissed through clenched teeth. Very well. You may go. When Apophis rises, I will fight at your side. But I will not forget how you trespassed on my territory, child of Seth. And you, she glared at me. I lay this hunter's curse upon you. Someday you will be tricked by your prey, as I have been tricked today. May you be set on by a pack of wild jelly babies. With that terrifying threat, Neath dissolved into a pile of twine. Child of Seth, I narrowed my eyes at Walt. What exactly? Look out, he warned. All around us, the temple began to crumble. The air rippled as the magic shockwave contracted, transforming the landscape back to present-day Egypt. We barely made it to the base of the stairs. The last walls of the temple were reduced to a pile of worn mud bricks, but the shadow of Bess was still visible against them, slowly fading as the sun went down. We need to hurry, Walt said. Yes, but how do we capture it? Behind us, someone cleared his throat. Anubis leaned against a nearby palm tree, his expression grim. I'm sorry to intrude. But, Walt, it's time. Anubis was sporting the formal Egyptian look. He wore a golden neck collar, a black kilt, sandals, and pretty much nothing else. As I mentioned before, not many boys could pull off this look, especially with cool eyeliner, but Anubis managed. Suddenly, his expression turned to alarm. He sprinted toward us. For a moment, I had an absurd vision of myself on the cover of one of Grand's old romance novels, where the damsel wilts into the arms of one half-dressed beefy guy, while another stands by, casting her longing looks. Oh, the horrible choices a girl must make. I wish I've had had a moment to clean up. I was still covered in dried river muck, twine and grass, like I'd been tarred and feathered. Then Anubis pushed past me and gripped Walt's shoulders. Well, that was unexpected. 
I quickly realized, however, that he'd stopped Walt from collapsing. Walt's face was beaded with sweat. His head drooped, and his knees gave out as if someone cut the last string holding him together. Anubis lowered him gently to the ground. Walt, stay with me, he urged. We have business to finish. Business to finish? I cried. I'm not sure what came over me, but I felt as if I'd just been photoshopped out of my own book cover. And if there was one thing I wasn't used to, it was being ignored. Anubis, what are you doing here? What is going on with you two? And what bloody business? Anubis frowned at me, as if he'd forgot my presence. That didn't do much to help my mood. Sadie. I tried to tell her, Walt groaned. Anubis helped him sit up, though Walt still looked awful. I see. Couldn't get a word in edgewise, I guess. Walt managed a weak smile. You should have seen her talking to Neith about jelly babies. She was like, I don't know, verbal freight train. The goddess never stood a chance. Yes, I saw, Anubis said. It was endearing in an annoying sort of way. I beg your pardon. I wasn't sure which one of them to slap first. And then she, and then she turns red like that. Anubis added, as if I were some interesting specimen. Cute, Walt agreed. So have you decided? Anubis asked him. This is our last chance. Yes, I can't leave her. Anubis nodded and squeezed his shoulder. Neither can I. But the shadow first? Walt coughed his face contorting in pain. Yes, before it's too late. I can't pretend I was thinking clearly, but one thing was obvious. These two had been talking behind my back much more than I'd realized. What on earth had they been telling each other about me? Forget Apophis swallowing the sun. This was my ultimate nightmare. How could they both not leave me? Hearing that from a dying boy and a god of death sounded quite ominous. They'd formed some sort of conspiracy. Oh, Lord. I was beginning to think like Neith. Soon I'd be huddled in an underground bunker eating army rations and cackling as I sewed together the pockets of all the boys who jilted me. With difficulty, Anubis helped Walt over to the shadow of Bess now rapidly disappearing in the twilight. Can you do it? Anubis asked. Walt murmured something I couldn't make out. His hands were shaking, but he pulled a block of wax from his bag and began kneading it into a shapti. Setney tried to make it sound so complicated, but I see now. It's simple. No wonder the gods wanted this knowledge kept out of mortal hands. Excuse me? I interrupted. They both looked at me. Hi, I'm Sadie Kane, I said. I don't mean to barge in on your chummy conversation, but what in blazes are you doing? Capturing Bess's shadow, Anubis told me. But I couldn't seem to make the words come out. So much for being a verbal freight train. 
I'd become a verbal train wreck. But if that's the business you were talking about, then what was all that about deciding and leaving me and... Sadie, Walt said, we're going to lose the shadow if I don't act now. You need to watch the spell so you can do it with the shadow of the serpent. You are not going to die, Waltstone. I forbid it. It's a simple incantation, he continued, quite ignoring my plea. A regular summons with the words shadow of Bess substituted for Bess. After the shadow is absorbed, you'll need a binding spell to anchor it. Then, Walt, stop it. He was shivering so badly his teeth chattered. How could he think about giving me a magic lesson now? Then, for the execration, he said, you'll need to be in front of Apophis. The ritual is exactly the same as normal. Setney lied about that part. There's nothing special about his, his enchantment. The only hard part is finding the shadow. For best, just reverse the spell. You should be able to cast it from a distance, since it's a beneficial spell. The shadow will want to help you. Send out the shoot to find Bess, and it should bring him back to life. But, Sadie... Anubis put his arms around me. His brown eyes were full of compassion. Don't make him talk more than he has to. He needs his strength for this spell. Walt began to chant. He raised the lump of wax, which now resembled a miniature bess, and pressed it against the shadow on the wall. I sobbed. But he'll die! Anubis held me. He smelled of temple incense copal and amber and other ancient fragrances. He was born under the shadow of death, Anubis said. That's why we understand each other. He would have collapsed long before now, but Jazz gave him one last potion to hold off the pain, to give him a final burst of energy in an emergency. I remember the sweet smell of lotus on Walt's breath. He took it just now, when we were running from Neath, Anubis nodded. It's worn off. He'll only have enough energy to finish this spell. No. I meant to scream and hit him, but I'm afraid I rather melted and wept instead. Anubis sheltered me in his arms, and I sniveled like a little girl. I have no excuse. I simply couldn't stand the thought of losing Walt, even to bring back Bess. Just once, couldn't I succeed at something without a massive sacrifice? You have to watch, Anubis told me. Learn the spell. It's the only way to save Bess. And you'll need the same enchantment to capture the serpent's shadow. I don't care, I cried. But I did watch. As Walt chanted... The figurine absorbed the shadow of Bess like a sponge, soaking up liquid. The wax turned as black as coal. Don't worry, Anubis said gently. Death won't be the end for him. I pounded on his chest without much force. 
I don't want to hear that. You shouldn't even be here. Didn't the gods put a restraining order on you? I'm not supposed to be near you, Anubis agreed, because I have no mortal form. How then? There's no graveyard. This isn't your temple. No, Anubis admitted. He nodded at Walt. Look. Walt finished his spell. He spoke a single command word. Hainem. The hieroglypher joined together, blazed silver against the dark wax. It was the same command I'd used to repair the gift shop in Dallas. The same command Uncle Amos had used last Christmas when he had demonstrated how to put a broken saucer back together. And with horrible certainty, I knew it would be the last spell Walt ever cast. He slumped forward. I ran to his side. I cradled his head in my arms. His breathing was ragged. Worked, he muttered. Now, send the shadow to Bess. You'll have to... Walt, please, I said. We can get you to the first gnome. Their healers might be able to... No, no, Sadie. He pressed the figurine into my hands. Hurry. I tried to concentrate. It was almost impossible, but I managed to reverse the wording of an execration. I channeled power into the figurine and imagined Bess as he once was. I urged the shadow to find its master, to reawaken his soul. Instead of erasing Bess from the world, I tried to draw him back into the picture, this time with permanent ink. The wax statue turned to smoke and disappeared. Did, did it work? I asked. Walt didn't answer. His eyes were closed. He lay perfectly still. Oh, please, no. I hugged his forehead, which was rapidly cooling. Anubis, do something. No answer. I turned, and Anubis was gone. Anubis! I screamed so loudly it echoed off the distant cliffs. I set Walt down as gently as I could. I stood and turned in a full circle, my fists clenched. That's it? I shouted at the empty air. You take a soul and leave? I hate you! Suddenly, Walt gasped and opened his eyes. I sobbed with relief. Walt! I knelt next to him. The gate, he said urgently. I didn't know what he meant. Perhaps he'd had some sort of near-death vision? His voice sounded clearer, free of pain, but still weak. Sadie, hurry. You know the spell now. It will work on on the serpent's shadow. Walt, what happened? I brushed the tears from my face. What gate? He pointed feebly. A few meters away, a door of darkness hovered in the air. The whole quest was a trap, he said. Setney, I see his plan now. Your brother needs your help. But what about you? Come with me. He shook his head. I'm still too weak. I will do my best to summon reinforcements for you in the duat. You'll need them. 
but I can barely move. I'll meet you at sunset at the first gnome if, if you're sure you don't hate me. Hate you? I was completely baffled. Why on earth would I hate you? He smiled sadly. A smile that wasn't quite like him. Look, he said. It took me a moment to understand his meaning. A cold feeling washed over me. How had Walt survived? Where was Anubis? And what what had they been conspiring about? Neves had called Walt a child of Seth, but he wasn't. Seth's only child was Anubis. I tried to tell her, Walt had said. He was born under the shadow of death, Anubis had told me. That's why we understand each other. I didn't want to, but I lowered my vision into the duat. Where Walt lay, I saw a different person, like a superimposed image. A young man lying weak and pale in a gold necklace and black Egyptian kilt with familiar brown eyes and a sad smile. Deeper still, I saw the glowing gray radiance of a god, the jackal-headed form of Anubis. Oh, no, no. I got up and stumbled away from him, from them. Too many puzzle pieces fell together at once. My head was spinning. Walt's ability to turn things to dust. It was a path of Anubis. He'd been channeling the god's power for months, their friendship, their discussions, the other way Anubis hinted at for saving Walt. What have you done? I stared at him in horror. I wasn't even sure what to call him. Sadie, it's me, Walt said. Still me. In the duat, Anubis spoke in unison. Still me. No. My legs trembled. A foot betrayed and cheated. I felt as if the world were already crumbling into the sea of chaos. I can explain, he said in two voices. But Carter needs your help. Please, Sadie. Stop it. I'm not proud of how I acted. But I turned and fled, leaping straight through the doorway of darkness. At the moment, I didn't even care where it led, as long as it was away from the deathless creature I thought. I loved.